was having the time of his life laughing at me, came to my rescue and pulled me out, pulled my bike out. But that day I lost my faith in my bike riding abilities. Why didn't I make the corner? Like, why didn't my brakes work? But then that day I learned that my brakes will only work if I actually decide to use them. That day I realized that faith works won't work. Let's pray. Dear God, I just want to thank you for tonight, Lord, and I thank you that this is a message for someone here tonight, God. I thank you that it's a message in season, God. And I pray that you just speak through me, God. I pray that it won't be my words, but it will be yours, God. And I pray that you touch each and every single person in this place tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. In church, we always hear this word faith, that we should have faith in God, that we should have faith in each other, that we should be faithful people. But what is faith? Faith is the complete trust and confidence in someone or something. Faith is us acknowledging who God is. It's us acknowledging that He is the King of Kings, that He is the Lord of Lords. It's us acknowledging that He is love, that He is the name above all names. We are acknowledging that Jesus is our Savior. And faith is such an important part of our Christian life. You see, when we have faith, it gives us hope when it seems like there is no way. When we have faith, it gives us confidence, even though it seems like the world is falling apart around us. When we have faith, it gives us joy, even though we might be lost. Faith changes who we are and who we are going to be. And there are three elements of faith. So if you're taking notes tonight, you can turn to the back and write this down. So in order to have faith, we need to have trust. We need to have trust that God exists. We need to have trust that He is who the Bible says He is. And we need to have trust that He has our entire life in His hands. And secondly, we need to have obedience. We need to be obedient in what He asks of us. We need to be obedient in giving Him the glory. And we need to be obedient to always follow Him no matter what happens in our life. And thirdly, we need to have patience. We need to be patient in the good times. We need to be patient in the bad times. And we need to be patient in the quiet times when it seems like our prayers just aren't being answered. Faith in God has changed my life. And my prayer tonight is that it will change yours too. When we look in the Bible, there are so many stories of incredible people who had incredible faith. Abraham had faith in God to sacrifice his son after Sarah struggled for so many years to have children. Moses had faith in God when he was confronting Pharaoh to save his people. Joshua had faith in God when he led his people into the promised land. David had faith in God when he came face to face with a giant. Mary had faith in God when she was carrying our Savior. There are so many incredible stories of men and women in the Bible, but there's one in particular that I want to focus on tonight. And it's in the book of Esther about a lady named Esther. And in the book Kings, um, in the book of Esther, King Xerxes had a banquet and he got a little drunk. And so he called his wife forward to come and show everyone how beautiful she was. But she refused. And if you refuse to do anything the king asks you to do, it's really disrespectful. So he divorced her. And because now he no longer had a wife, he called a nationwide beauty pageant in order to find himself a new wife. Esther, along with many other young women, were taken into the kingdom. But her, her cousin Mordecai warned Esther never ever to share her nationality. She wasn't allowed to say where she was actually from. When Esther appeared before the king, he immediately found her to be the most beautiful of them all, and he put the royal crown on her head, and she became queen. 
The king held a banquet for her, but Esther continued to hide the fact that she was a Jew because she knew that it was dangerous for her. But one night her cousin Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate and he overheard two guards talking about assassinating the king. Mordecai warned Esther, Esther warned the king, and the two gods were then hung. But then Mordecai um, wouldn't bow down to one of the king's highest nobles. And the man Haman found out that Mordecai was a Jew, he was angry, and he wanted to kill not just Mordecai, but he wanted to kill every single Jew. He went to the king and told the king that the Jews were standing in opposition of what the king's kingdom wants to do. And so the king agreed and set a date to kill all Jews. So Mordecai went and told Esther. Esther feared for her life. But Mordecai pleaded with Queen Esther to do something to save her people. (coughs) Esther then instructed all Jews to fast with her for three days and three nights. And after the third day, she would then approach the king with her request. After the third day, she invited the king and Haman to join her at a banquet the next day. The king said yes, but Haman was angry because he knew that Mordecai was a Jew, and so he set up a pole in order to impale him. Thank you. That night, the king couldn't sleep, and so he went through this book about everything that has happened through his reign, and he was reminded about what Mordecai did and that he actually saved the king from his assassination. And he wanted to do something to reward him for his good deeds. So he called Haman in and he said, what do I do for a man who the king finds delight in? But Haman, being Haman, thought that the king was talking about himself and said that he should give them extravagant gifts and honor. But Haman didn't realize that the king was actually talking about Mordecai. The next day was the banquet, and the king called Esther and asked her what did she want. And she pleaded with the king to save her and her people. She told him that Mordecai, not Mordecai, sorry. She told him that Haman wanted to kill all Jews for money. The king was so angry that he ended up hanging Haman on the pole that he'd set up for Mordecai. The king then gave, um, the king then gave Esther and Mordecai all of Haman's estate. They were honored with royal garments, and a decree was written to save and protect all Jews. Esther did everything she did in order to protect her people. She had faith in God, and her faith paid off. By faith. Esther boldly revealed her heritage as a child of God's people and stopped Haman's wicked plans. Esther's faith didn't just save herself, but it saved a nation. Her faith didn't just benefit herself, but Esther's faith benefited all Jews. So what happens when we have faith in our life? What happens when we decide to have faith? Which leads us to our first point tonight, which is we discover purpose. When we have faith in our lives, we discover purpose. We then allow God to move in the way that He has always planned to move in our lives. With faith, we discover our true purpose. When you know why you, what you believe and why you believe it, we, it's then that we discover the true purpose that we are called for. You see, I thought I had my whole life planned out. I thought I knew what the future held. But it was until I found faith in Jesus that I then discovered that I was actually walking in the total opposite direction of what I was created to do. When we have faith, we discover who we are and we discover meaning in our life. When we have faith, we discover purpose. You see, faith is an intense form of trust and our relationship with God has always operated from faith. 
In Hebrews 11, there's an incredible example of this, and it says, their faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we cannot see. In Hebrews 11, it says that in faith, Abel offered a costly sacrifice. In faith, Enoch lived a life that pleased God. In faith, Noah obeyed divine warnings and built a giant ark. In faith, Abraham left his hometown, not knowing where God was leading him. In faith, Sarah bore Isaac in her old age. These are all incredible heroes of the Bible, all heroes that had incredible faith. But they didn't discover their purpose until they had faith. You see, Esther became queen in a place that she wasn't even allowed to be queen. When she had put her faith in God, that's when she discovered her true purpose as a queen of a nation. Which leads us to our second point tonight. When we have faith in our life, we become immovable. We become immovable. What is your faith all about? What is your faith based on? Is it based on what you were taught as a kid? Is your faith based on a few life experiences? Is your faith based on whether you like your church that you're in or not? Or is your faith based on a relationship with an incredible Savior? When we place our faith in the right one, we become immovable. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 5 says, So that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. This type of faith gives us bravery to go wherever God is calling us. It's not based on education. It's not based on finances. It's not based on titles, but it is based on faith in God. A faith that makes us immovable no matter what life throws at us. You know, even though Esther hid that she was a Jew, she never once lost who she was and who she is. So when life gets tough, when the bank balance goes into a negative, when there's conflict in the family, when those results come back, are you going to move or are you going to stand firm in your faith and be immovable? Psalm 125 verse 1 says, Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken but endures forever. Which leads us to our third point for tonight. We witness miracles. God can perform miracles in you and through you. Your past does not matter. Your family situation does not matter. Your upbringing does not matter. If you have faith in the God that we serve and that He is almighty, all-powerful, and our healing God, then He will move in you and through you if you open up yourselves and allow Him to do so in your life. We need to have faith and believe that God can perform miracles. Do you need a job? Pray, have faith, and then apply. Do you need to pass that exam? Pray, have faith, and then study. Do you need financial stability in your life? Pray, have faith, and get help from a place like CAP. Do you need healing? Pray, have faith, and pray for your doctors. They need it. (laughs) If you want to see miracles in your life, you need to pray and have faith in the God that holds your future. Luke 1 verse 37, for no word from God will ever fail. But what happens when our life comes crumbling down? What happens when it seems like nothing ever goes our way? What happens when our life feels like it's one bad thing after another, after another? I'd like to read this verse for you guys. In Matthew 17 verse 20, it says, Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible with you. I don't know if you've seen a mustard seed before, but some of you have it on your seminar notes. 
Thank you, Tali, for waving that at me. A mustard seed is said to be around one to two millimeters in diameter. And what God is saying is that if you have faith this small, you, can't, you probably can't even see it from where I'm holding it, but if you have faith this small, that you can actually move mountains. You can say to a mountain, move, and it will move. You can say to finances, move, and it will move. You can say to visa applications, move, and it will move. You can say to sickness, move, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible with you. When I was thinking about speaking tonight and what I should be talking about, I was asked to share a part of my life that only about eight people knew about until Friday when Kaylin made me share to the world. Kaylin. <laughs> um, but when I was 11 years old, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease called psoriasis. So psoriasis affects the skin, but autoimmune pretty much means that your body is attacking itself. And I always said that I was never winning in life because I had hay fever and I had an autoimmune disease. So I was allergic to the earth and I was allergic to my own body. And so I definitely wasn't winning in life. But because of my age, there was nothing they could really do. I went to doctors and I went to specialists, but they said that I was always too young and the medication was too strong for my body. So the only thing I could really do was just hope that one day I grow out of it. I went on different creams and medications, but nothing ever worked and I just stopped like everything. Until just over a year ago, I started having really bad joint pain and I knew that it wasn't right. So I went to the doctor. The doctor told me that there was nothing wrong with me but if it got worse, that I should go back. It got worse and I went back and once again, he told me that there was nothing wrong with me, but he put me on pain medication anyway. But it got to a point where it actually became unbearable. And deep down inside, I knew that something was wrong because you know your body, I knew something was wrong. And it got to a point where I would struggle to walk sometimes. Um, I'd struggle to get out of bed in the morning. I would lose feeling in my arms. I would drop things like my arms were just given. And there were even certain joints in my body that would feel like they were broken or out of place. And there was nothing that I could really do about it. And so I went to a different doctor and I told him everything went with like a whole list. And he told me that he didn't know what was wrong with me, which I really appreciated. And he sent me to a specialist. And last year in December, I went to a rheumatologist. And so he just looks at your bones. Um, so he did a couple of tests and after doing um, all these different tests, I was diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis. And so what I was going through from the age of 11 actually caused arthritis in my body. And so no one ever told me that that was a thing. I didn't know that this could happen. Um, but I realized that it was something I was struggling with my whole life. I always thought that I was just a rough kid getting hurt all the time in sports, not really knowing that there was actually something wrong. Um, to be honest, I didn't deal with it well. I shut down my emotions. And I didn't want to talk about it because I didn't want anyone to know what was honestly going down deep down inside. And I became really good at putting on a mask. And I realized that, um, yeah, because I realized that it was something that I'd always dealt with my entire life. And so this one piece of news, this one diagnosis affected me way more than it ever should have. And the reason it did that was because I allowed it to affect me in a way that it shouldn't have. It didn't just affect me physically, but it started to affect me emotionally and spiritually. I was then put on medication that took a toll on me. And um, what this medication did was it made me sick every single day of the week. And I would randomly throw up. I would throw up in the middle of the night. So I always had to sleep with a bucket next to my bed. I was always weak, incredibly tired, and I wore makeup all the time because I looked like a zombie. 
and obviously I didn't want people to know what was wrong with me. And with the medication, because of the strength it was, it was bad for my insides. And so I had to go for monthly blood tests. But every single time I went for a blood test, it came back with something wrong. And so every single one was like a different problem. And so it just seemed like problem after problem after problem. And the medication actually ended up taking a toll on my immune system. That my immune system became so weak that if I was even in the same room as a sick person, I would immediately catch what they had but it would take me three times longer to recover than it would have anyone else. And so I realized that there was obviously something wrong. I shouldn't be feeling this way. So I went back to the doctor and they lowered my dosage and I got put on anti-nausea medication, but that didn't help at all. I still felt sick all the time. And um, after months of going through this, after months of crying to God in secret, I was kind of just done. And I went to Dr. Google, which is always a good thing to do sometimes. And I ended up Googling my medication. And I found out that all along, no one told me this, but all along I was actually on chemotherapy. It wasn't the strong stuff, but it was a form of chemotherapy. And that the anti-nausea medication they put me on was actually given to cancer patients. But like I said, no one told me. And I had many conversations with God, but the most common one always was I would sit in my room crying. And I would tell God that I knew that he could heal me. And if he wanted to heal me right then on the spot, like I'll obviously take it and I accept it right then. But if he wanted me to stay on the medication for whatever reasons he had, despite how it made me feel, I would do that too. But I never ever felt like I got an answer. I even started going to other people, asking them to pray for me and trying to see what answers they were getting. But not once did I ever get an answer. I was weak. I was tired and I was just sick of being sick. But then one night we had an encounter night at our East Campus with Pastor Tim Hall. And there was no bone in my body that wanted to go on that stage. Not even like a little bit of me was going on that stage. Even though I was witnessing people being like healed right in front of my eyes, like physical healings right in front of me, there was nothing in me that wanted to go on that stage. And then in the last couple of minutes, my dad came and just dragged me on stage against my own will, which we still need to talk about because I wasn't okay with that. (laughs) Um, He dragged me onto the stage and um, Pastor Tim prayed for me and I was laying in the spirit and immediately fell down and I was crying like uncontrollably. But then all of a sudden this peace came over me and God gave me a picture. He gave me a picture of me walking up this hill, struggling, it was really difficult. And then all of a sudden Jesus came along and he picked me up and he piggybacked me the rest of the way. And it was such an incredible picture to me to think that all along I felt alone. All along I thought that no one understood. All along I thought that there was no one to talk to about this. I was never actually alone. The times when I thought my prayers weren't being answered that I felt far away from God, He was actually not even walking with me, but He was carrying me the entire way. You know, Jesus has so much more planned for my life than I have for myself. So why am I sharing this with you? Because sharing your faith grows faith. Not just your own, but the faith of those around you. No matter what you are going through right now, God knows. He sees those sleepless nights. He sees those tears and the prayers that you think are unheard at the moment. It might not be to your time, but His timing is perfect. You see, since that night with Pastor Tim, I've been medication and pain-free. It's been about two months, I think it's over two months actually, just over two months of no medication, no pain, 
no pain, and completely clear blood tests for the first time in a really long time. And when I was thinking about this, God could have done it any time he wanted to. If he did it two years ago, it would have been cool, and I might have said thank you, but I would definitely not have appreciated it as much as I appreciate it right now. Like, I appreciate what I've gone through. I am grateful for how much I've grown and the person that I have become. Because his timing is perfect. So keep your head held high. Keep your faith in him. Because when you have faith in Jesus, your life will never, ever be the same again. In Matthew 21, verse 22, it says, If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. And so tonight, there are two groups of people I want to pray for. The first group, there's some of you here tonight that your faith is a little low. And it's okay to admit that because life happens. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you are here tonight and you admit that you are going through some stuff and your faith might be a little low right now, I just want you to raise your hand just so I know who I'm including in my prayer. It can be your faith in anything, but Jesus is here. He knows exactly what you're going through and he wants to build your faith tonight. You can put your hands down. Dear God, I just want to thank you for all those people who put their hands up, God. We pray that you just go into whatever they are struggling with right now, God, that you walk into those situations, God. And I pray, God, that you grow their faith more than it has ever been before, God, that they will leave this place just so in love with you, God, so filled with your presence and who you are, Lord. I pray that they will always know that you are with them, that not once ever in their life that they will ever feel alone again. In Jesus' name. The second group of people I want to pray for is if you are here tonight and there's something physically wrong with you, you want a physical healing, I want you to raise your hand. It can be anything at all. It can be a stub toe to cancer to a cough, (laughs) anything at all. And the rest of you, if your hand isn't up, I actually want you to open your eyes and look around you. And I want you to lay hands on the people around you who has their hands up. And I want you guys to make sure that there's no one left alone. And for a minute, together, we're all going to pray. I'm not going to pray. We're all going to pray. Because God says when there's two or three in his name, he is there in the midst. And we are way more than three people right now. And so I want you guys to make sure that someone is covered and let's all take a minute to just pray for them. God, I just want to thank you who you are, God. I thank you that you know exactly what each of us are facing right now, God. And we say pain go away. We say cancer go away. We say colds go away. Sickness, you have no place in our bodies at all. And right now we tell you to leave. And we thank you, Jesus, that right now you're just filling each and every single person in this place with your love and your peace and your Holy Spirit and your anointing, God. And I thank you that from Right now onwards, we're going to hear such incredible praise reports, God. We're going to have health reports coming back clear, God. We're going to have clear blood tests, God. 
thank you that you love us so, so much, God. And I just want to pray for everyone else too in this place, God. I pray that you bless us, God. I pray that you protect us in the week ahead and bless our families. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what a great work. Can we give Ashley a big hand? Outstanding. Fantastic. That's awesome. Well, um, as Andy mentioned, today we are taking up our missions offering for uh, Vietnam. We saw Pastor Bob Lawson who presented it. You know, we're, we're a church. We don't just have a local vision, but we have a global vision. We really believe God's called us to reach nations. And uh, in a moment, I'm going to pray. And uh, if you're giving towards that uh, offering, make sure you use the right envelope. Let me pray as we 